Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canandaiguadentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome into Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo, joined as always by Nick Felice. Uh, Nick, uh, I don't know any other way around. We got some breaking news to get to already in the NFL, apparently, here. But uh, look, we have a lot to get to. Last of the regular season wraps up for the NFL. Some coaching news uh, in addition to that breaking news. Previewing wildcard weekend. Recapping college football. And uh, we're going to touch on some college basketball because... We finally got that back at center stage in the college sports round, so it's good to be back in that space talking about You going that. to lay dome game tonight, Carino? Uh, I'm not, uh, at least at the moment I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you never – Late one. Never say never in that space, but uh, I, I wasn't planning to – I'm not even planning on going back to the dome until probably a couple of weeks really from now, to be completely honest. we got to go to Thompson one. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but how are things been uh, for you? Um it's been uh, it's been an interesting week here. I know uh, last night. I know even our, our you know we weren't anywhere last night here at F one broadcasting, uh, but even then that would have not made a difference because of the windstorm. So I know it was probably a bit of a quieter night for you than it ended up being. Yeah, this last week we've had a snowstorm and a windstorm, and uh, also saw some fifty degree weather this yeah. morning. Yeah, it kind of cleared out the snow a little bit, but uh, yeah, doing well. Uh, like, I, I think I said this last week or the week before. The NFL playoffs is my favorite, uh, other than March Madness, is my second favorite playoff format. So I'm really looking forward to that this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Paul? All right, we are, we're good. So let's, yeah, let's, get into this, uh, let's jump into it. We have some breaking – we'll start with the breaking news of the NFL here uh, because, obviously, when that's the case uh, – sorry for that pun there, Nick. I'll peel back the onion – Nick's dealing with a new phone case. It's not going well, but uh, I didn't mean to say the word case there and, and rattle the future. It's so late. It's too late. Um, the only way I can really describe this news, Nick, is Pete Carroll has been fired, sort of. <laughs> um, so uh, after years of pining for it, apparently, on this podcast, uh, this was not the year I would have expected Pete Carroll to be fired, but uh, that's the case. So uh, long story short here, I'm going to do the clip notes version of the statement from Jody Allen, uh, the chair of the Seahawks. Um, they amicably have decided to go in a different direction in that space. He's going to stay with the organization in an advisory role. Pete's the most wingest coach in franchise history. Been there 14 years, probably the longest coach in their franchise history as well. Um, like I said, just more or less just missed the playoffs this year. Um, and I don't know if – it's kind of baffling, to be completely honest. This one, to me, has definitely got to be, at least at the moment, anyway. And even then, there's been rumblings about Belichick and stuff as is anyway. So I guess that won't necessarily come as a surprise in that same way that this one, to me, is a surprise. Like, I had no idea this was coming. I don't think anybody had an idea this was coming. I, I, I just, in this moment, immediate moment, Shock, I think, is the only word I can kind of really say here. Yeah, the fans, the media, everybody else not involved is shocked today. But this, I cannot, I mean, John Snyder, the GM, and Pete Carroll have been on, like, the same page for since he's been there, would you say 14 years? 14 years. And there's no way after 14 years, a Super Bowl win, two Super Bowl appearances, that he blindsided Pete Carroll today. Some might look at this as a promotion, but it feels like a demotion. Mm-hmm. I think mutually they agreed to this, that maybe it's time for a new face because Pete Carroll, what we've seen with the Seahawks, is one of the best teams in the NFC from year to year, but not lately. You're right. Lately they snuck into the playoffs last year. Yeah. They almost snuck in this year. 
that's just not Seahawks football. That's not Pete Carroll football. I think it's time for a new face to run the team. Pete Carroll is still going to be there because what he has done for that organization, what he's done for the city of Seattle. So they're going to keep him there. But to run the team, I think they just they need a new face. Could be an old face. Dan Quinn, maybe. You mentioned that before the show. Yeah. Uh, I There's no way, I I assume you probably agree, there's no way they blindsided Pete Carroll today about these this news. This was a mutually agreed decision. And I am shocked that it came, but seeing the past Seahawks teams, this is like, especially defensively, this is not the Seahawks of old. And it's time for someone to run the team, someone else to run the team. And be interesting to see who. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Obviously Dan Quinn has ties to the organization, right? So I think that just kinda of puts him a clubhouse leader. Um really I thought was a good head coach in Atlanta when he had that job. That Atlanta job appears to be just one of those cyclical things at this point, I guess. Uh, well, well we can talk on that obviously here in a minute, but yeah, um I, f- I don't know if I necessarily disagree disagree with that blindside element of it, like you said. Parby feels like it kind of was, though. Like, I don't know if on Monday morning the upstairs portion of the Seahawks thought this was the right move. Um, I think there have been some other firings happen that, like, we'll definitely get to here that have happened. Looking mainly at the Mike Vrabel one, that maybe has them thinking like, "Look, Pete, I think is the second oldest head coach, or was the second oldest head coach, and it's only behind Belichick, I believe." So, I, I don't know. Now, I'll say this: those Super Bowls were a while ago. Now, in the grand scheme of it, they were a while ago. Now, but for all the this is where I think I'm kind of the opposite of you in a way. You know, I, I think he's the main reason why this team has been competitive the past couple of years. You want to look at all the all the storm that has caused from the Russell Wilson drama and everything else in that space. And Pete, to be fair, is culpable in some of that. But I don't think you are alive until week the end of week 17 like they were this year. And make the playoffs last year with, with Geno Smith, probably with any other coaches for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there are, but like, he was the right man for the job in that moment. So, I don't know. In that in that space, I am kind of surprised. I think, and that's where I feel like maybe there was some blindside type stuff in it. But like I like I like like you said though, I don't think it was necessarily like that true blindside blindside. Like, like they woke up. This morning, it was like, yeah, let's do it. I think it was kind of like one of those things. They woke up Monday, probably planned on keeping them. And then, you know, this is where I think we can pick up these other conversations, right? You know, you see Arthur Smith with the Falcons get fired literally at 12.01 on Black Monday. Like, Arthur Smith, the owner of the team, or Arthur Blank, rather, the owner of the team, literally did not waste any time technically on Black Monday, right? Washington fires Ron Rivera. We all expected that. I did, especially obviously. What's your thoughts on it? had to be done. He, there's only a handful of people from the Dan Snyder times still in the office. He was one of them. Had to go. If he, if there was a, if the team was better this year, I think you had a, I think he had a shot at being retained, but that was a bad team, especially the second half of the year. Like, it was just a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Vrabel. Yeah, Vrabel, though, is the, Surprise of the bunch. I was kind of surprised. Um, I and I get it, right? They they probably should have been better than they were this year, but they dealt with two quarterback injuries. To be fair, right? And frankly, for a team that coaching wise is heavily defensive focused, they had a at best average defense at certain points this year. But that was a very decimated defense. Like, the 
the front office didn't do any favors of keeping guys around. So I, I don't know. And I hope for Vrabel. I think he's a great head coach. I think he's going to end up somewhere and be successful. Depends where. Honestly, for the sake of him, I hope he doesn't end up in New England because I know that's where everybody obviously thinks he's going to go. Yeah. I I don't know, but, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it kind of ties back to, like, Seattle with Pete Carroll, right? He probably goes to Seattle right away, hypothetically, and be as, and is successful, to me anyway. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously the Raiders have technically a vacancy because they fired Josh McDaniels during the season, and you have Antonio Pierce there who, personally speaking, I would retain as head coach. Uh, but it sounds like it's down between, honestly, him and Vrabel. So that's going to be interesting to kind of see. Harbaugh's out there. Yeah, I I was going to table, I think, the bulk of it when we discussed the college football playoff. But I think we can definitely talk about him now as well. I think up until Scott Van Pelt interviewed him post-game Monday, Jim Harbaugh was going to be an NFL head coach next year. I'm not convinced of it anymore to be completely honest. I'm really not. The way he was talking, and it could just all be for show, right? But the way Harbaugh was talking, I'm, I'm, I think I've 180. I, I don't think he leaves Michigan. I really don't. Um, so, I, I don't know. that. Obviously, though, I mean, money talks. We know that. So, who, who knows what's going to happen there? And then, obviously, you know, the, the coordinator shuffle. And, oh, by the way, and we'll talk about, obviously, when the time comes. There's rumors kind of flying around that there's a couple coaches in the playoffs whose jobs probably aren't necessarily safe either. I mean, I know Mike McCarthy. I've seen in the past day that Nick Sirianni thing's gotten some steam. I don't – I think that's just people mad. I don't, but. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying into that one fully, but it's kind of like one of those where, there, where there's smoke, there's fire type thing. I think if McCarthy loses to Green Bay, he's gone. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with that. If he loses that game, he's gone. And honestly, Prescott should be too, but he won't. But uh, um, who other coaches could be gone? I'm trying to think of. I mean, Chicago's keeping Ebert loose. I know that. There's been talks about Tomlin stepping down. Yeah, that's so. That's the one in this where I'm very confused because if he were to step. I, I don't believe he'd stop coaching if he steps down. Like, he's got to be going somewhere if he steps yeah. down, right? Like, and uh, look, I like – of, of the two of us, I dunk on him more than anybody, right? But, like – Done a hell of a job. That's still a probably top five-ish job in the NFL as it stands. Like, I – They're I really a quarterback away. Well, they're a quarterback plus away. They need – look – the offensive line did way better than I thought it was going to this year for them. They still need some help on that front line. They they do, you know. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point that you brought up with Tomlin. I'm trying to think. Uh, McVay's coming back. That's yeah. that's the deal. Um, this isn't firing, but I know they've probably. I think they've already done the voting, but I really think the winner of the Cleveland Texans game, Cleveland Houston game, should be the coach of the year. I really, I think they should wait. One of that game should be coach of the year. What are your thoughts on that? Sorry, I, was, <laughs> I think they. I'm, I'm trying to. There's I'm pretty sure they already voted though. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out the Pete Carroll stuff here because apparently, <coughs> excuse me, Dan Quinn is the front runner as it stands. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't want to undersell what DeMarco Ryans has done this year uh, because it is, in my mind, between him and Stefanski. I would go Stefanski as is. This was a team that not many people in the first place thought was actually going to do well anyway for whatever reason, even though it's – even when they're healthy on paper, I don't understand how you would have thought that they would probably miss the playoffs. But that was a – that was a bold prediction that I had apparently at the start of the year, right? Was them honestly making the playoffs, period. But yeah. um it's tough. You think Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't disagree with you, right? But yeah, I think voting is 
already done. Gone technically. So it sucks for Camp yeah. for Campbell because he probably would have won it any other year. He, yeah, but the main thing with him too, though, is, and maybe this is more an indictment of the team itself. They got, I don't know if it was complicit or people, you know, you just get more scouting reports and video on guys, but they, and this is something we can obviously, this is something we'll probably discuss when we make our picks, right? But like, they didn't do anything really second half of the year to really get anybody excited, to be completely honest, you know? Like, it's one of those things, like, I was looking back at, um, you know, our picks so far through the year and everything, right? And Detroit's one of those teams where we were still collectively picking them at a pretty good rate, right? But there was a lot more red than green popping up in their cell. So, I, I don't know. I, I, Yeah, I mean, I get it. But, like, if it's not Ryan's, if it's not Stefanski, I mean. Nobody else. I, I don't personally, I don't think so. John there's Harbaugh couple, should get some votes. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple interesting cases, right? Harbaugh, obviously, because of just the performance that Baltimore had. Obviously, you make the same case for Shanahan, right, at that point. I thought a sneaky one, it's kind of funny because uh, his name was in the hot seat, you know, rumor mill until about three weeks ago. But, like, Matt LaFleur probably deserves some sort of vote in my mind as well. Uh, nobody, Sean, nobody expected the Packers to be this this year, right? I think Sean McVay needs a little bit of credit. No, I agreed as well. Yeah, yeah. He's done a hell of a job this year. Um, even that Colts coach did a great job. Yeah, yeah. The guys who, whose name we both forget starts with an S. Yeah, Sarakin. It's interesting. If I wish, it, I wish he had a bit more of a note, but like Antonio Pierce has a, like a really interesting yeah, case as well. That was the team that was alive again until week 17, technically. So, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of coaches did decent jobs. Even even I know it's biased, but even Brian Dable did a good job from what he had. Yeah, yeah. But they were terrible. Because yeah. this guy picked them in the Super Bowl. Apologies to America. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some on-field stuff here before we get to our uh, the playoffs. Chat Chokesville. There's just not – yeah, I mean, it. that's got to be probably the only true – well, state of Florida pretty much has all the talking points, <laughs> uh, I guess, in a way. But, yeah, yeah, Jacksonville arguably has the biggest headline. There's already positional coaches and coordinators, right, being relieved of duties down there. I don't think Doug Peterson should be fired, quote, unquote, yet. Uh, talk to me next year and kind of see. It's interesting, though, and I think it's time to maybe have an uncomfortable conversation of sorts, right? Trevor Lawrence, um, he hasn't looked – he didn't look – I don't know about not great down the stretch, but after the Bengals game when he got hurt, he definitely did not look the same. But – but – I don't want to say we've seen his peak already, but, like, he really – like, and I, you know, it's a team effort, and I get it, but, like, that Tennessee game's on him. It really is. Like, in my mind, anyway, like, he was missing passes bad. It was – he was not getting good reads. I I don't know. I It's kind of funny because uh, my brother brought up a good point, right, of how it's, like, he's, like, the Herbert of the East, and I don't know if that's fair to Herbert – you know, necessarily, I, I still think he's better than what's shown. But, uh, yeah, the the Trevor Lawrence debate's going to be interesting next year. Um, again, he should probably be starting on there anyway. I don't, I don't think you sit him for C.J. Beathard under any circumstance, right? But in terms of future, right, you know, he enters obviously a pivotal year next year, year four. What do you do with them? Do you pick up that rookie extension? Do you not? Uh, it's going to be some difficult conversations in Jacksonville now, because be, literally because of this Week 18 game. Here's what I have to say about Lawrence and all quarterbacks that get hurt. You never get any credit for going back out there for being tough. Right. There's no credit. I mean, let's look at Lawrence. Let's look at Josh Allen last year. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Jalen Hurts. Probably all three of them should have been out. But they decided to go out there because they were healthy enough to play. Right. And you, you just don't play at the same level 
as an injured player, and it it comes back on you. Like people started doubting Josh Allen last year, people started doubting Trevor Lawrence this year, Jalen Hurts, but they're tough guys. You look at Big Ben, Eli Manning back in the day. They always played. Right. They battled through injuries. They didn't. Guys who sit out for the year because their injury is so serious, they don't get knocked on for their career because they're not out there. They're just like, oh, when he comes back, he'll be great. So what I'm trying to say is I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I still think he could be the franchise guy there. I think you pick up the extension, and you can build around him still. He's just – honestly, when he got hurt, what was that, Monday night game, Thursday night game? Yeah, Monday night game. I thought his leg snapped off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a yeah. disgusting injury. Yeah. And this guy's out there playing next week. Yeah. There's no way he was 100% the rest of the year. And I know NFL players are always never 100%. But he, for him to even go out there and play, I give him credit. He wanted to win. They just choked, you know. It, I don't, it's a team sport. It's not all on him. No, I, and I don't disagree, right? But, like, there, there are certain elements, right, where your leg is right here. Your brain's up here. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, they aren't switched. You know, and that that's my main issue with Lawrence right now is, like, just literally for them, they were winning in at that point still. There was no other way around it. And that's where I go back to, like, he had a, that last – or well, for them, it ended up being their second-to-last drive, four and two, and he had about one of the wackest overthrows I've ever seen anybody have period, no matter the situation. And especially in a heightened state like that, can't be having that. Can't. No. And allowed everybody to get in. Playoff yeah. teams were set after Jacksonville lost. Pretty much, yeah. And Bills fans will take it. Yeah. I mean, they went from thinking, man, if Pittsburgh Pittsburgh won, if Jacksonville wins, we're a loss from being out of the playoffs. And now here they are, two yeah. seed, potentially two home ga- it, playoff games. It, it's crazy, right, because – uh, you know, we were talking about that Monday a little bit. Like, if you were to tell us a month and a half ago that the Bills would be the second seat in the AFC, I think that's part of it for me where it's like, yeesh, where it's like, that's crazy. But, like, I would have laughed. Like, they did pretty much everything they needed to do the final month and a half of the year. Now, does that mean they were – Playing just good 100% of the time, no. Like, there's some things that offense, so it's kind of mind-baffling to me. Uh, but that defense stepped up a ton the second half of the year. Um, especially, there was a wall for them, like, midway through the year, but they really got themselves out with a lot of – they're dealing with some injuries in that defense. And uh, to do it, what, what they're doing, that's pretty good. But, yeah, I'd say the second main story of – headline of the weekend has to do with that Bills Dolphins game and for as much as it is about the Bills it's also got to be about the Dolphins right I mean they had a two up lead pretty much on the division since the beginning of November give or take like and I don't I don't I well you Overrated. know what? no I I guess to be fair they they did choke I mean they 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 have pieces in place, and I get they had some injuries too and everything, but, like, damn, like, the NFL, when you're up by, like, two games, like they were, like, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> it feels like a lot anyway. I don't know. I feel, you know, it's kind of funny. They might be the most fraudulent team in the AFC, uh, but what's wild is to me, I don't think they're, like, one of the top two fraudulent teams in the league. I think those kind of belong in the NFC. And we'll get to that when we make our picks, obviously. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. And, again, like, I, I do think Tua's good. Like, I'm not saying you're doing the Trevor Lawrence questioning thing with him, obviously. But, like, Tua made some boneheaded things happen in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, again, one of those things where, like, and I get if there's some argument, like, coaching and everything, <laughs> right, or whatever. But, again – you know, to his brain to make the decisions up here, right? It's not anywhere else. Like, you know, I think – and obviously it's tough in the moment and I get it right, but I'd like to think I wouldn't be thrown into double coverage on a fourth and long, like when the your game's on the line like that. Like, 
I, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, he, he's not as bad with it, right? But, like, he does, like, two good things and, like, one dumb thing, and it's just like, what? Like, come on. Like, you're better than that, you know? It's funny. Tua replaced Jalen Hurts in the championship yeah. game. Yeah. And now they're they're the two teams going in this year's playoffs. Not feeling great. Yeah. No, it, yeah. I mean, they're probably the two they're they are probably the two biggest teams in the NFL in that sense, right? Where it's like you really did have it by literally you had it by the ass and you let it go. Like that's Yeah, they both choked their that's division. That's bad, right? And that's where I think that, you know, Sirianni stuff kicks in and I think McDaniel gets lucky because he's a second year coach, so there's gonna be no true smoke on him yet. You, you know? know why the Eagles choke though? We haven't had a repeat win in our division. Yeah, since, that's true. The since NFC the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> cyclical. It is it's absolutely insane. I <laughs> thought for sure the Eagles would win another one. This well, season. no, I mean it's interesting, right? Not to get too off topic, right? But like Washington's two closest contested games in the division this year were both against the Eagles. So like it's just you just don't have any explanation for it. It's just the the NFC East is just the NFC East, you know. But going into this year's playoffs, you have to. I mean, I know we're not ESPN and Fox and all them, but. We're going to talk about the Cowboys here, and uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what the Cowboys do. Everybody knows this. What they do in the regular season, it matters what they do in January, and maybe eventually play in February, which hasn't happened in my lifetime, but uh, not since I was a baby. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's just four games. They have to win three games here to get to the Super Bowl, four to win their ultimate prize. And yeah. right now, this is the start of the Cowboys season. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, you know, this is probably a really good segue to get into our picks and everything, right? But, uh, you know, Dallas, they beat up on the bad teams, and they struggled plenty with the good teams, though. So it's like Miami. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get into it, I guess, here. Uh, so we both went 10-6 and six last week, so I take the regular season crown by one game. Thank you. 165, 108 is my record in the regular season. Uh, you're 164 and 109 in the regular season. I'll take season. it. Like so, uh, I go into the playoffs with a one-up advantage. So we have. But uh, we have 13 games left. Yep. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy. Pro Bowl? No, there's no game in the Pro Bowl anyway. Like <laughs> football? Not until it's an Olympic sport officially. <laughs> yeah. So. There you go. So two teams on the bye this week, obviously. AFC with Baltimore, NFC with San Fran. Uh, we begin, there's six games spanning from Saturday at 4.30. Do you like this new format, this third year in a row? Um, I honestly think I prefer three on Saturday and three on Sunday. I think it was the first year, and then they two years, last year or something, they put in yeah. the Monday game. Yeah. I would prefer it, too. I just the short week to move on to the divisional round. Yeah, I don't think that's great. No, especially in theory, like that team could play Saturday. Yeah, like no, I'm out with it. That's why we're here and not slinging TV deals. Um, so your first game Saturday at four thirty, Cleveland at Houston. Houston is two and a half point underdogs at home. Um, I don't think this was probably the matchup Cleveland wanted. Uh, but it's a playoffs, right? Um, you know that being said, CJ Straubach is a pretty big X, fa- X factor in my mind. I, I weighed it pretty heavily, obviously, last week in the regular season for Houston when they played in Indy. Um, I think that line is borderline pretty spot on. I, I can see this being a really close game. Uh, that being said, I'm I'm still taking Cleveland here. I think that defense again. Kind of been saying it all year. Uh, we haven't talked about them a ton recently, but it's, it's arguably one of the best defenses I think we've seen in our lifetime. It really is. So not, not to, I'm I'm going Cleveland on on this one. Not to spoil some picks, but mm-hmm. how cool would it be next week? Sure. To see Joe Flacco take on the Ravens, right? And the Chiefs Bills once again, right? And that would be Mahomes' first time ever in Buffalo. You never played there? I don't think ever. so. Uh, so I'm taking Cleveland. All right. It's an interesting game. I, I, I'm i Houston, to... this is a building great yeah. year. Like I said, probably the earliest podcast in September. So they weren't even going to win a game. So uh, that's why DeMarco Ryans is my coach of the year because I thought Houston was going to be terrible this year. And great 
experience for that team. So, but Cleveland's going to win this game on the road. Going to be a tough one, though. Uh, our first of two weather games, by the way, Saturday night, eight fifteen on Peacock, exclusively on Peacock. Miami at Kansas City. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. This is a game that's going to be right at pretty much zero degrees, uh, with lots For of wind. Miami team, lots of cold. Uh, I'm going to say this as well when we get to the, obviously the Pittsburgh and Buffalo game up next. A lot of times in these weather games, I know we talk about home field being a huge advantage, and maybe in this situation, it, it might be a slight only because of geographic purposes of where the teams have been all year. But you have to throw some of that logic out the window, though, only because you just don't know what the balls are going to do at any given time. And, and the wind's really gusting at one certain <laughs> point and not for the other. That's all one team needs to get an advantage. Last time I checked, there's only good teams in the playoffs. Mm. And Miami don't be good teams. Oh, wow. So, uh, sorry, Pat Russo. Uh, been a while since the Dolphins won a playoff game. Yeah. But uh, this is a tough one to start. Chiefs win this one. But I don't know what to think of the Chiefs this playoff year, Ron. And that's my issue with this game, right? And I think because of that unknown – I'm taking Miami. I think. Why, Paul? So the Chiefs team, as we know, has a wide receiver problem. And this is what I talk about, right, in these weather games. When it's cold like that, you need to run the ball, right? And because of how bad the Chiefs passing game has been, Teams have been able to cheat up on rushing. And it's not a knock on Pacheco. I don't mean to go after Pacheco in this it's situation. It's your fantasy right? guy. Right? Yeah, but you also – who else I had in fantasy? A-Chain. And guess who I'd rather have in a game on a heads-up? I'd rather have A-Chain. I think push comes to shove. Like, I think the Dolphins can get it done. But much like what I said anyway, prefacing this – it, I don't think it's going to maybe necessarily matter about who just is playing better. I think it's going to matter of, like, what way you're going on the field when the wind's going. What, you know, does it die down for a quick second so you can aerate it if you need to? Um, you know, a key thing here with this, especially in a game that is projected possibly be like, and I talk about which way you're going with the wind, well, like, are you going to be able to kick a 40-yard field goal when you need to? Probably not, maybe. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, so – I'm going to go Miami. I just think, uh, you know. Andy Reid, I'm taking. I just don't think. It's one of those things where it's like, can't see wins, but like I definitely don't have any faith in them next week if it's Buffalo. Like, it's just the way it is right now with them, you know. All right, keep on that train. Sunday at 1, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Buffalo is a 10-point favorite. This one is the bigger weather story game of the weekend at the moment. I think it's only because it's Buffalo on the lake. Cold. Right? Cold, windy, snow. Again, <laughs> obviously this is a case of you have to kind of put both teams in the same boat. Uh, Pittsburgh is not maybe necessarily unaccustomed to this, obviously. Uh, How far is that drive to Pittsburgh to Buffalo? Uh, probably a couple hours, give or take. Probably – Pushing the two-and-a-half side, I would say. But um, that being said, obviously, uh, I'm still leaning Buffalo here. I don't necessarily believe in the home field in these weather games. Like I just said that, obviously, right? Because uh, I, I just think it's more or less a toss-up of, you know, when can you just get lucky with the weather, in essence, and, and make a move. Now, that being said, though, Buffalo is just very much so clearly the better team. And that, Mason Rudolph? Well, right, and that's the thing. Like, Mason Rudolph, he looks good. How good is it when you're only averaging, like, six yards a pass? You know, I, <laughs> that's the thing. So, I, I'm I'm going to stick with Buffalo here. Ten points is a lot, though, in this game. I don't know if Buffalo is able to technically cover that. But I don't know if they necessarily need to cover ten in that situation, obviously, right, to be – convincing enough of a win so I, I'm going the Bills here I'm going Bills too uh but I think Steelers can make this game <coughs> closer than people think okay 
I think the Steelers are going to come to play. All right. Uh, Sunday at 4.30, Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas, 7.5-point favorites. Now, I said the AFC format would be crazy in the division round if that happens. I'd love to see Dallas Lions again because I think the Lions got hosed in that last time they played. And I think uh, if we got if we got Eagles, Niners, it'd be a good game. Eh, it doesn't matter. But uh, take a Dallas in this one because I'm trying to win this game here of picking. Uh, Green Bay could – I mean, this is intriguing. Mark McCarthy could – is potentially last game as the Cowboys head coach could be against his old team. So it's a very intriguing game, and McCarthy is definitely on the hot seat in this game. This is a must-win or he's gone scenario. But I wouldn't be surprised to kept him because Jerry Jones has been very loyal to his head coaches. He keeps them for a while, no matter what the media says. Mm-hmm. So it'll be intriguing. Uh, but I got Dallas. So, yeah, this is my controversial pick, as I'll call it. I'm on Dallas as well. Um, just, again, I, I have to go on the visuals of this here, right? Like, who is just the better team? And even though they play to their opponent, Dallas is the better team. Um, could Green Bay keep it close for a while? A- absolutely. I, I think that has a very good likelihood of happening even, right? But Their I think, defense scares me. Yeah, put, push comes a shove. I, I just think Dallas can really, if they need to, hit the gas and, mm-hmm. and go. You know, I can't necessarily say that about Green Bay in the same way I can with Dallas. But you're you're right, though. It's like, which defense do you think could make that stop when they need to? And despite Dallas's defense being suspect a lot, guess what? If there's one team more suspect of that, it's, it's Green Bay. But shout out to Jordan Love, man. Yeah. First year on the job, mm-hmm. getting them to the playoffs. Yeah, I it's mean, it's nice to see they made the playoffs, and guess who did it? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, <laughs> okay. enough about him. There's enough Rodgers talk going through, and I don't need him coming after us for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh, the Sunday night game, as we'll call it, Sunday night football for playoffs. The Rams at the Lions. Lions are three point favorites. This is kind of the game I think most football fans, just in general, have circled. Uh, obviously, because of the Lions and Stafford stuff. Uh, to me, this has the most likelihood of being the most competitive game of the bunch. Uh, can they do it? Yeah, I I believe that they can. I do believe Detroit gets it done. Uh, something about the Rams I just haven't been able to fully trust all year, right? It's been... The Puka show. Right, but like it's been one of those things where it's like, for the most part, it's been a... It feels like an average offense, and it feels like an average defense. I know both have had their highs and lows equally, right? But it's kind of like one of those things where, again, kind of to take a book from what I said about Green Bay and Dallas, push comes to shove, I just feel like Detroit would be able to handle it better when the moments need to happen. Here's what I'll tell you. The winner of this game... It's going to go in the NFC Championship game. Really? I think the Rams could be the sneakiest team. It's been a while since we've seen a six or a seven seed. Well, we've never seen a seven seed win a game. But it's been a while since we've seen a six seed make that run in this NFL playoffs. And it used to happen all the time. Giants. I was say the Giants. Giants yeah. did it. Uh, Packers did it. Rodgers, I Giants believe. did it twice, didn't they? They were four seed. The oh, second, they were? The second Super Bowl was a four seed. Uh, they won the division. Uh but still, no one, thought, no one thought they were going to make a run that year. Uh, the Packers did it when Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. It was a sure. right, it's yeah. been a while yeah. since we've seen it. And the Rams have the experience. Uh, they got a lot of weak spots, but they got a lot of good spots too. And, yes, I know the Niners could be way in the second round, but I think this is a scary sixth seed here. And it's a tough matchup with Stafford coming home. It's going to be a tough one. for. I'm going to be pulling for the Lions because – they're my team. I want them to win the Super Bowl this year. Pulling for the Lions. And if they win, they're definitely beating the Cowboys because the, the damn Cowboys ain't going to an NFC Championship game. I can't tell which way you're leaning at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's a toss-up for me. I really – I'm going to be on board with either one of these teams after they move on from this game. But I'm going Lions. I have okay. to. You want Lions too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were picking the Rams there for a minute, to be completely honest. But if they win, I'm all on the Rams. All right. 
But I'm going Lions in this game. I, I'm rooting for the Lions. I have to. And then uh, your Monday night matchup for the super wild card weekend that yeah. seeps into a Monday. Philly at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay three-point underdogs at home. The weakness of Philly is, I mean, even the rush defense has come in kind of bad lately. But the weakness of Philly has been their pass defense. And Tampa Bay knows how to th- sling the ball. So you want me to think I would pick Tampa, but I'm going to pick Philly. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I just think they have to get out of this this rut they're in right now. I'm no confidence at all that I'm getting by San Francisco potentially in that second round. Or don't even, Dallas. Don't even get me getting going on a Dallas-Philly <laughs> playoff game. I, I, I don't think I can watch. I, I, I really don't know if I can watch. But – I bet Philly, you would still. Philly would get out of this rut, I think. Who are you thinking? I think this is probably my, my controversial pick, in all honesty. You're going to take Tampa I'm Bay? I'm taking Tampa Bay here. Uh, you know, their past couple weeks, I get it. Equally have not been as great as Philly. But here's the difference. They've found ways to win games. You can't say that about Philly a ton down the stretch. And I think there's a lot of – I'm not going to say dysfunction in Philly because I don't personally see it as dysfunction. But ever since the dot, the big Dom situation, things haven't been – Nick Sirianni, all Chiefs fans. Right. Things have been really weird and not great. And there's talks about different players going in different directions next year already. And – You got to remember. For a team, right – that we all had labeled as as at least making the Super Bowl this year, literally, Favorite. for them to for them to fall on their face the way it's been the past few weeks, maybe even longer. Technically, we just didn't realize it. It's been enjoyable. It well, <laughs> it fandom wise, right? But prognostication wise, it leaves you it leaves you questioning games like this, right? Where it's like, I should be going in this game like kind of like you, right? No question, like slam dunk Philly in a way, right? But I can't. No matter what, in in one of these games, you're going to get one of these results, right, where it's just like, well, the team with the roster that really doesn't live up to the other roster but has just kind of played better all year somehow, they're the ones who kind of still came out on top. And I think that's going to happen here. I think that's the game this weekend that does it. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. That's interesting that – Two teams stumbling in the playoffs. You take Miami, I take Philly. Yeah. That's interesting. But uh, as a Giants fan, I will. But what does that tell you about the teams, right? Where it's like, I guess I have to, like, it's one of those things, right? It's where it's like, who can you actually trust where it matters most? As a Giants fan, I will take a loss of one draft pick for that Eagles win the other night. <laughs> uh, but the Eagles, I remember the Eagles, they lost two very good assistant a defensive and offensive corner last year. That's a huge loss. Well, but that, that's the other thing, too, about the Eagles that we didn't discuss, right? It's the whole entire – and I mean, we kind of did a couple weeks ago when it happened, but the Matt Patricia thing, like, I, like, like that hasn't worked out well. So Real quick before we move on, I need to – I just thought of this. What do you thought to Jameis Winston? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. Um, okay, it, it's a bit conflicting personally because of the way I would go about it. I don't have a problem necessarily that they scored. I have a problem with the fact that they lined up in victory formation yes. and didn't respond to the Falcons being like, you're kneeling it, right? Because, like, that's what teams do when victory they formation don't do that. happens. And it wasn't uh, Dennis Allen's call. Right. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of things there to unpack. And Arthur Smith obviously probably knew he was getting fired. And well, and he – and justifiably to me, and I, it's kind of funny, the reaction of like, well, maybe you should have shown that energy the whole season. Easy for you to say one, okay. Two, and we didn't discuss him obviously really at all. Like, I don't have a necessary problem with Arthur Smith. I think he's a – is he a great head coach? No, but I don't think he's – either I think he's just kind of there but oh, some, that was nice you said about the Falcons some coaches are but some coaches are like that though like I I personally speaking I'm you know in my coaching that I do I, I try and be as even keel as I can no matter what like I I'd rather have it be that way so that way I'm not running completely on emotion you know what I mean don't worry you're done picking Falcons games for a while that's true uh but back to the crux of that right uh 
I don't know what Dennis Allen's future in New Orleans is. I think he's got to go. That's a very big sign that the locker room has been lost. I think Jameis has to go now, I, and I get that he's broke, and that's just the way he always is. But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, if you're coming out in victory formation, like, now, now nobody's going to be one. And this is true no matter what the case is for the Saints next year. It doesn't matter if it's Derek Carr under center, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Caleb Williams. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to get hurt on the Saints next year because they're going to come out in victory formation at some point or, or like at halftime when you're in the give-up formation. And the other defenses aren't going to be able to just take you lightly now. They're going to literally – they're going to see you do that. And they're going to literally do a 60 blitz. Like, it's going to happen, and somebody's going to get hurt, and it's going to start the cycle all over again of this. So, it's got to be. Yeah. It's when you call victory formation, you cannot change your mind at the last second. Correct. Now, if they came out, like I said, I don't necessarily have a problem with the touchdowns still. I'm all for keeping your foot down and everything. But if you're going to do that, do I form, do something that shows you're actually going to, I guess, do that. And I get there's fake plays. Like, well, what about the fake spike? What? You're not in a victory formation on a fake spike. Okay, question. Um, I feel like the victory formation is kind of like the used to be the intentional walk in baseball. Yeah, no. Everyone knew what you were doing. Absolutely. Why not, just, still, why not just get rid of it? And it well, no, and it, and it was until one minute left in the fourth quarter, or less than that, actually, to be fair. But. Why not just call it – you want to say victory formation, 40 seconds goes off the clock. Yeah, I've kind of always said that to it. Agree as they well. got rid of the on, the yeah. intentional walk in baseball where you don't have to throw the balls anymore. Let's not kneel the ball yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Might be on to something. All right. We're, we're already kind of not running long, per se. But well, we're talking about one game. Yeah. Uh, college football playoff. Michigan defeats Washington uh, 34-13. Was a close game for a while. Maybe uh, that was a bit deceptive, obviously, the way things really ultimately shook down. Uh, but Michigan, the Wolverines' first national championship since 1997 of any kind for football. I believe it's their first solo one since like 1949, yeah. or undisputed rather, as they have been calling it. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, this was a Michigan team I thought that showed up this year, as I'll call it just in general, was going to be the team from last year. And it just never came to be last year. And. You know, it, it, in terms of football, I, I like the fact Jim Harbaugh got the national title as a coach. Uh, I've never had any beefs with him or, I guess, the family in general outside of a uh, nice little bridge here to college basketball as we, you know, wrap up our, our discussion for today. You know, Tom Crean. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, it's it, – I, th I think part of it, too, is just like the SEC fatigue kind of in a way. Um I don't – again, I'm one of the people because I just like the sport so much I really kind of don't give a crap one way or another. But, you know, the amount of talk around the SEC this year and the way the college football playoff went down with the selection of teams that showed a very clear SEC bias and there's no way around it. Um, you know, I think everybody's kind of rooting for no matter what in a weird way because the way they were treated all year. Uh, from obviously the Connor Stallion stuff all the way back to the recruiting stuff, you know, it, I think people wanted it to be anybody but Alabama. Now, I think for the most part, everybody was preferring Washington over Michigan. I mean, yeah. I picked Washington over Michigan. I have to eat the words on that, obviously. But there is no doubt that the better team did come away with the title. And you know, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it makes you wonder about the Coram Edwards thing all year. If Edwards was 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 playing at that level he played on Monday night all year, uh, that's one of those running back tandems that college football hasn't really seen a ton of recently. Um, I think you can make your kind of cases here and there. Georgia had one obviously a few years ago. Uh, I don't think it would have been as good as the level as Michigan had, but you have to go back to, in my mind, uh, oh, man. Sheesh. I don't even know. Like, that's the crazy part about it. Like, 
I'm sure I'm missing a couple people here and there. I guess maybe Alabama, Derek. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, collectively it was just really good. You know, obviously the Michigan defense didn't matter who they faced. They were going to be really good no matter what. We're That's a fair concern, I thought, going into that game, right? It's, you know, the Big Ten offenses, and I get it, but they also weren't in the Big Ten West where that's really where the Big Ten offense struggles really hone in on. So uh, maybe the Iowa game we should have taken more notice of in the Big Ten title game where it's like – I don't think it really matters necessarily about who's in front of them. They're going to put you down and shut you up pretty quick. Yeah, for the first time on this podcast, a Big Ten team is a national champion in basketball or football. Crazy. Yeah, I got to swallow my pride there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Especially in that case for you, yeah. I mean, the winner of this game knew they had to win it because you can – with the new format now, you can never guarantee you're going back to the national title game. Oh. I mean, you're going to – some most times you're going to have to win four games in a row to win a national title now, and which I think is pretty cool. But, yeah, it sucks that the Pac-12 went out as a loser, you know, didn't win the national title. But still a great year for national, for the Pac-12, great final year. It was, it was a um, – it was a great year of college football, to be honest, honest with you. There was a lot of storylines, some good, some bad, but – uh, it was a great year of college football, and as much as I hate Michigan, I don't really hate Michigan. I should really take that back. I don't really hate Michigan. I just I I hate the Big Ten, <laughs> and I just I think they're so overrated. Gee whiz, I wonder why. <laughs> I just think they're so overrated, and but Michigan winning does help college football. I really do. It gives you know it's not just the SEC school every time going to win this win the championship. So in a way, it's it is huge for college football to see a, a see a different winner. You know, even Ohio State, you know, wasn't that surprising to win. Michigan coming through and actually pulling out a national title is was kind of shocking, in some ways. And it would have been the same way if Washington had won. And really, really intrigued to see what happens next for college football. Uh, Jim Harbaugh finally got it done. He. Man, it feels like it was ages ago when he was, what, 0-5 against Ohio State, whatever he was. His job was on the line. Remember those days? Uh, yeah. He got over the hump with Ohio State, got over – Look at me with coaches on the hot seat. <laughs> got over the semifinal hump, and now he's a national champion. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting here because, as you know, I, I wanted to double back because, like, like I said during the NFL talk, we're all talking about the same way, right, where we double back a little bit about Harbaugh anyway. And – it's very interesting right now with obviously the Pete Carroll news and going through really quick to see if there's any more shifting going on because inevitably when this stuff happens, right, that kind of happens a little bit. All of a sudden Harbaugh's name is not getting brought up again either. And I think I, I, I personally think a lot of it has to do with location and geography of this a little bit too. Like, you know, yeah, the Chargers job seems great because you're, in sunny, beautiful Los Angeles, California, right? Yep. But if you're horrible, all your family's on the East Coast and everything. And, like, if that Chicago job opened up, I I would probably still be saying Harbaugh's going to the NFL, just Chicago. But that job's not opening up. And to go back to what he said about what I was saying about when he was talking with SVP after the title game, he talked about how he's moved spring practice back a few weeks because they went deep into the season. A coach leaving wouldn't be already talking about that. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's reading a bit too deep, and we've done that before. But I I don't think he's going to the NFL. Like I said, I think, you know, and you're right. You can't guarantee really in this present format either that you'll be back the next year. But they have about as good as a shot to repeat recently as any of these other teams has. They really do in my mind. I think, you know, yeah, the Big Ten's adding some juice next year, obviously, with, with the Pac-12 teams, right? Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA. But is that really going to affect as much as we thought it is, especially given the new format? Probably not. You know, maybe it maybe it does, right? Maybe you I mean UCLA is the question mark of this all, right? If you were to lose hypothetically to UCLA, you know, would 
would that really affect you? Probably, you know, yeah, maybe to a degree, right? But that just means you don't have that luxury of, say, Indiana shows up on the right day, you know. But this Michigan team has an opportunity here to put itself with what we've classified Alabama as, with what we've done with Georgia, with what we've done with Clemson here in this recent run, where we expect them to be at least in that minimum conversation of Final Four year in and year out. And I think that's going to be the case. And obviously, right, you're Michigan. You get the, you get the recruits anyway, even when you're seven and five. Like, it just, you just do. Yeah, I mean, I said last week Harbaugh was going to have a NFL job by today, and uh, it's not happening. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Now, to that end, not to beat that horse any more than we got to, right? But, like, when I look just now, the Titans are requesting to interview Antonio Pierce, which is going to be interesting that apparently the same two coaches are the same two head final could swap jobs, I guess, in this case. I'm sure variable's not going back to Tennessee, but. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. You know, on the Washington side of things, it, it ends what's been a very Penix, bright, great player. It's been a bright few years for that team. I mean, that was a team that was in the darkness for for a couple of years. I mean, things were not good. They bring in, obviously, Kalen DeBoer to head things up, and he's really turned that program right. He brings in a guy like Penix or the transfer porter, portal, but re- recruits the pipeline that Washington – had made theirs for a number of years in California, in Oregon, and obviously home state of Washington. But you look at guys like Aduzier, who, you know, they hail technically from Vegas, and, you know, he's got a really good pipeline going out there, and I imagine they're going to be hanging around no matter what anyway. So, but, yeah, you mentioned Penix. Close is what is arguably one of the best college careers we've seen in recent memory. Uh, obviously not the way that – the storybook way that probably anybody really hoped, but who really – unfortunately does have that luxury um yeah Washington like I said there will be a say I mean that he's got that pipeline working really well like I, I didn't said. realize Penix had four yeah. season ending injuries yeah yeah that's a guy who he's a warrior and saw that until the end of the game right I mean he, he definitely has some sort of rib injury going on and it sucks to see but he I don't think he was willing to go down in his final game I, I just don't think he was willing to go down in that sense so but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but like Washington's one of only like, I want to say a handful of schools are actually inside a major metropolitan area like like that. Like they're in Seattle. Like, so that's a, something that programs can't offer for the most part. You know, look, I get, well, USC is in LA and so is UCLA. I'm like, yeah, UCLA is more on the west side and USC's kind of more south than anything like they're in LA Georgia Tech's in Atlanta yeah but that that's a completely different or name basketball be Georgia Tech yeah but that's a completely different uh, beast with Georgia Tech because of this the academic portion of it right you know especially power five thing about like you can make like again North Northwestern well they're north of Chicago like you didn't take and again academics you didn't take my transition sorry Apologies, I was going to rant. So how do you wrap well, up? Let's do a couple of minutes here on college basketball. Um, how do you wrap up the football season, though, college football? Oh, I, I, it was good. I mean, everything considered, I don't know about the best year in recent memory like I thought it might be, but I think given, you know, we the talk about how everything's doom and gloom because of NIL and blah, 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 and the transfer portal, like, Man, that was just some good football played all year for the most part. It's gonna be like, a fun not, year for Syracuse next yeah, year. Let's not let's not cloud it up because of your people your own personal view on something, you know. So yeah, college basketball. Let's talk about that for a quick minute before we get out of here. Um both number one and number two lost last night. Purdue and Houston. Houston lost to Cincinnati. Uh Purdue lost to Nebraska. You don't just walk into Pinnacle Bank and get away with it. Um <laughs> But Nebraska's an interesting team, though. Like, that's a team that should be in the tournament, no problem and everything. But Cincinnati's the one where it's like, damn, that's where Houston got tripped up. Uh, Cincinnati's been bad lately, too. Yeah. So uh, it's been that year, though, in college basketball where um, it's – it's uh, frankly, I don't know who you necessarily have as a favorite this year you anymore. Don't. You, um, don't. you know, and I think it could be one of those years where you just catch a team at the right time getting hot and they can make a run. But – you know, where it stands right now, where 
you know, more or less de facto halfway through the year, right? Conference play just kind of starting or, you know, now we're actually really be fair. We're about two or three weeks into conference play. Yeah. And, you know, you're seeing the true colors of teams kind of really showing out and showing up and it gets you really excited. And especially, like I said, this year, especially where I can't pinpoint a favorite anymore. Like that's what makes college basketball so exciting. It really does. Yeah. Uh, there's a chance Purdue could lose like, They've lost twice now as number one on team in the nation. There's a chance they could lose three or four times as the number one team in the nation because they're that good and they're going to win and they're going to get back to that number one spot if other teams fall, which they will. Yeah. And so Purdue's going to be right around that one seed line pretty much this whole season. And Houston was kind of shocking last night, them going down, because they could have been number one team in the nation. Now I think you're going to see another team jump up there. Not sure who. Still got the weekend to play out. Yeah. That's what's great about college basketball. Um, but that's, I mean, Houston lose on the road last night, or was that home? I thought that was home, but I could be wrong. I know Purdue was on the road, and I, my point is, games on the road in college basketball, no matter where you go, especially in conference play, is going to be tough. Yeah. And that, you see a lot of teams fall like that. Yeah. Duke, on the other hand, did not fall at Pittsburgh last night. but Yeah, but they aren't looking, that Duke team is... I don't know if they're necessarily underperforming or it's just like, again, we did the usual thing of hyping some of those kids up a little bit too much. And Yeah, they played yeah. Notre Dame and Syracuse last week. And they, that Filipowski guy did not impress me much, but he he played well last night. But. Filipowski doesn't impress me much, period, either, but it's just in general. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse, like you said, they played him last week, and <laughs> Duke was just shooting the lights out from three. So, uh, Especially the second half. Yeah, I did. that game's like, well, I was like, damn, but. Yeah, like I said, I, I – Must know. win tonight. Yeah. You got to win those games. I mean, there's only two ranked games this week head-to-head-wise, so it's like one of those things where it's like you aren't going to see necessarily that shuffling in the standings unless there is an upset. And I don't know. I mean, I'm imagining we'll see Kansas at number one next week. Excuse me. I mean, I forget who they have tonight. I saw it too, but uh, they're on the road for that game. Who knows? If one, two, three go down – <laughs> Who knows? Arizona's still up there? Yeah, Arizona's still up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting, though. I mean, a couple of those teams that did start up there aren't up there. I mean, Gonzaga, I know they're still ranked, but they've, they're falling yeah, off. Yeah, they got a long streak ah. going on the line. They're one of those teams where, again, I I don't know if they really actually should be ranked, but yeah. I think they're going to – and justifiably so, right? I think they're going to a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but I think the West Coast Conference isn't – for for what a lot of us thought it might be this year, I don't think it's going to be. Clemson came down a little turf last week, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Joe Girard, Clemson. Um, but no, Syracuse got a must win tonight. They they got to win at home against Boston College. Yeah. You can't lose those type of games. Yeah. They I'm, they're I still you're talking about Duke again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, Syracuse. They're. Uh, they still haven't gotten that one key win, even though the Oregon win is looking much better. Oregon on top of the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, that Oregon team is weird because if you were if we were to talk at this time last week about them, it'd be not a big win. But because of the way the past seven days have worked out for them, yeah, it looks it looks good right now. Pac-12 is weird too. I mean, it, it's like Arizona, and then I guess everybody else. But it's like USC isn't. And of course, that's just media hype around them. But like UCLA is. That's a team that was bad. just like I have no explanation as to why they're as bad as they are. Michigan's bad too. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of teams where it's like I have no words. I mean, there's a lot of stuff around that Michigan. You're not going to see a Michigan Washington national championship game. Yeah, no. In fact, you might be seeing them have a national championship game of who can fire their coach first. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, Shout out Mike Hopkins. Crazy. Yeah. So. All right, I think that about does it for today. We've been rambling enough, uh, long enough. I will update this. I, I alluded to it last week. Um, I have all of my college picks listed, the teams that I picked for the year. Now it's just a matter of getting them into the proper categories for the stats I want to provide. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we will be doing that next week officially. But I do have about half the stuff done for it. Just need to finish up the other half. So uh, with that in mind, Nick, uh, before we get out of here, who are you shouting out this week? Uh... Her, 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 my Aunt Molly's birthday is not until next Wednesday, mm. but 
It's tough. She might not get to this the podcast in time by the time it's done. <laughs> but my Aunt Nancy's birthday's after, so I'll shout her out next week. So this week, shout out Aunt Molly. Her birthday's on Wednesday next week. Shout out Aunt Molly. Lives uh, in well, I don't know. In Ohio. Uh, I forget the town. Was it Medina? Medina. Medina, Ohio. Yeah, yeah shout out Aunt Molly. Happy birthday. A little early, but <laughs> it's all right. Go Cavs. Cavaliers. I'm more of a Cleveland Charge guy, the G League team. <laughs> yeah, how about how about them Knicks though? Hey, you guys are red hot since getting OJ. How about that? Haven't lost this, this calendar year. How about it? You excited? Uh, yeah, the team's a lot better. Wasn't excited that day it happened. You were not. But <laughs> hey, it worked out for both sides. How about it? Way to work both sides of the aisle, Mike. Way to work it. So, uh, we'll be back. Uh, oh, not necessarily. That's right. I forgot about. It. We will not be back next Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, so That's yeah. I forgot about that. So uh, I forgot to handle housekeeping portion. So we'll figure it out. I'm probably keeping my shout out the same. Probably going to be next Tuesday by the time. I think it will probably end up working out the next Tuesday maybe or something like that. But either way, uh, there will be an episode next week. This won't be on Wednesday. So, so personal life gets in the way every now and then. So uh, enjoy the uh, weekend, everybody. Good luck in your NFL picks. Will uh, I get my case in? Will you get your case figured out? That's, we'll find out next time on Fresh Takes.